Imagine a world where you would be having regular conversations with your ideal clients and referral partners. At Spotlight Podcasting, we help consultants build strategic relationships using interview podcasting. Find out more by visiting spotlightpodcasting.com. So welcome back to Leaders Consulting, the show that brings you interviews with experts in the trenches at the forefront of consulting, sharing their own perspectives, tips, and resources they picked up along the way for your benefit. On this episode, we're joined by Jamie Bordrick, who is a business consultant for entrepreneurs and corporate leaders, helping them from overwhelm to a more clear and strategic path, which can incorporate anything from marketing creativity, online positioning, team building, leadership, productivity, She's been featured in Forbes and, and Inc. Entrepreneur, Five Global, Global, and finally, this very podcast, Leaders of Consulting. So, Jamie, I'm, uh, it took a while for you to make it to the show, but I'm, I'm glad you're here with us today. I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks for the invite. Excellent. So, so Jamie, I know that prior uh, to your sort of consulting and, and coaching practice, you were an accountant and had a corporate career. Um, but is there anything that you wish that you'd known when you started out as an independent? Well, I guess I would say the big lesson I teach everyone now is to create white space in their life and not try to do it all at once. So as you've read part of my bio there, when I started out as an entrepreneur, I was doing it all. I ran a networking organization that I had founded. I produced a TEDx. I launched a digital course. I created and launched and ran two retreats. Uh, I started a mastermind. It's like, those are all great, but not all at the same time. So that's the pure, that's definitely the path to burnout for sure. So pick and choose one thing at a time is my um, mantra now. And uh, the lesson I like to teach people is to have white space on their calendar. That allows you to do the foundational work to pick where you should spend your time. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious, like, do you have any hard or fast rules, you know, to say no to certain things or, or yes to others? I'm, I'm curious what rules you sort of live by in that sense. Once you're clear on your target and how you're going to get there, saying no to something becomes obvious. If it doesn't help you meet your objective, like, when you have white space, it's not just about kicking it in the woods and watching TV. It's about pausing to plan and not plan forever, meaning pausing to look up and get out of the weeds in the woods and look at the big picture. It's like, where do I really want to take this business? How am I going to make it happen? What resources do I need? What systems? What team? How am I pricing this? What's the marketing strategy? What does the market even need? And what offers should I create? It's like all this big picture foundational work has to be done. Otherwise, it's just head down, headed for who knows where. And that just leads to burnout. You're just like, sure, I'll do everything. <laughs> so I learned that the hard way that you can't do it all at once. It's cool to get great experiences and to learn as you do. But having some clarity on where you want to go and how you're going to get there is huge. And white space also allows for you to have opportunities that are big have big impact. So for instance, one of my clients before we worked together, her daily looked like she was one of the team, not the leader, not the visionary, not the business development person. She would be the bottleneck in her company. So she missed 
not one, but two emails of guaranteed five-figure speaking engagements because she was too busy doing putting out fires and approving and reviewing and doing all these daily things that her team should have been doing. So that's a, an example of not just lost income, but also future lost income because it would have been probably a repeat. And then also a relationship got damaged. So it's just having that white space to consume and then respond to opportunities is huge. On the other side of that coin is when I had white space to have a little bit back and forth with Lolly Daskal via email, she was coming to one of our TEDx shows and I sent an email to everyone saying, are you, um, we're just gathering information. And she wrote back to me and then uh, I wrote back to her saying I was thrilled to be in the audience. And she said, hey, uh, would you be interested in being featured in Inc. Magazine? And I was like, heck yeah. She said, well, if you can be on the phone in 45 minutes with pitch ideas, we can make it happen. So I had the space to have the conversation, to put the pitch ideas together, to get on the phone. And we ended up in Inc. Magazine because of it. So it's like big opportunities like that. If you're just like head down, not paying attention, they just go past you. Yeah. And you mentioned there that you were uh, at one time, you were an organizer of the, the TEDx conference. Yeah. And I'm curious for someone who's interested in participating in a TEDx event, whether it might be participating as a speaker or even considering organizing one. I'm, I'm curious, what was your thought process that went to the decision around like, oh, you know what? I should really go into organizing a conference like this. What, what was the impetus and what was the, the motivation behind that? The motivation behind becoming an organizer was that one of my clients became an organizer and I decided to team up with her for the experience of it. So this is an off-off Broadway, New York City event. The advice I would give people that are looking to be on the stage is to first off have an idea worth sharing, just like TEDx, TED and TEDx use in their tagline. Um, And the second thing is to do your research. So don't just spray and pray to every show out there. Find out which one has organizers who are going to put together a great show, which one's going to have good lighting, sound, and quality videos, which theme really aligns with the idea that you have, what size audience do you want, what location do you want, which name would really give you the credibility you're looking for. So there's a lot of things to think about, not just kind of wing it and go for whatever. (laughs) Yeah, 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 that makes sense. And then you need to really know that it's going to be a commitment of a lot of time and prep. So it's not just about creating, coming up with a great idea and creating a great application. But once you're selected, it's a matter of writing the talk, memorizing the talk, practicing, practicing, practicing the talk, delivering the talk. So there's a lot of time If somebody is inviting you to a TEDx next month, it's a hard no because it's not enough time. You need months of prep to really do something incredible because you want it to be incredible. It's going to live on in a video for life. And it's like a big credibility marker for you. Yeah. Is there anything that you learned as as an organizer that was surprising to you uh, being behind the scenes and seeing all the process and everything that went involved into conference like that? 
Uh, I would say the positive is that there are a lot of talented, smart, creative people out there that showed up on our doorstep. The negative would be that there are some that just kind of did that spray and pray, which was an automatic no in the application process. So you got both sides there. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I'm also curious, like, is there any particular uh, resource that you found helpful, whether whether it's like a book or a podcast or an article that stands out to you that's that's very memorable, um, that had impact on you uh, in your in your professional career or, or personally? You know, I've been thinking about this question and there is not one thing. I think learning is just a continual process and every person, every resource kind of adds up to where you are now, whether it was, you know, I had a dysfunctional childhood. So whether it was the sixth grade teacher who, you know, gave me this important job and made me feel like I mattered, or was the person who hired me out of college and started my career in accounting and finance, or whether it was uh, Michael Port who helped me move from the accounting world into launching my own business, or was it Christine Kane, my coach several years ago when I was in the do-it-all burnout phase of my life five years ago? <laughs> There's so many people. It's, I, I kind of feel like I'm a, I'm a sum of many, many, many parts. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so a lot of great influences there. And if we switch gears just a little bit and, and talk more about the, you know, the specific work that you do and the, the problems you help solve, can you tell me more about the, the clients that you work with? Like what characteristics do they share? Like what do you find is like the perfect fit for the work that you do? I work with the entrepreneurs and now also corporate leaders like department heads who have been in the reactive, overwhelmed, fly by the seat of your pants, you know, method, <laughs> just kind of whatever every day to something more strategic. So it's about becoming more intentional, having clarity on what we're trying to achieve, coming up with how is the fastest way to that goal. So it's not about busy, hard. It's about more impact and income and less effort and less overwhelm. Great. And and I'm curious, like when it comes to that challenge of, of overwhelm, there must be so many different things going on. It, it, it's difficult to know exactly where to start. Are there any good sort of starting points that you start off with your clients when you try and make sense of like where everything is? How do you kind of get a lay of the land? How do you map that? What that well, looks? I have a lot of tools. One is an assessment to kind of see where they're spinning their wheels. We also do, we literally just, I just hung up for my mastermind meeting. Um, we do a kickoff for each quarter where we create our goals for the quarter. So we start with the end in mind and then reverse engineer from there into milestones. And then they take that into tasks so that everything they're doing drives them towards that big goal of where they want to end up. And it's one thing at a time, because if you're trying to do too many things at once, nothing gets done and nothing crosses the finish line. You have a lot of 50%. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, and do you, do you ever find yourself running into certain misconceptions or, I don't know, common mistakes that you just see time and time again that people make? I think boundaries is one of the big things that comes up a lot. Having policies and boundaries in place that align with what you're trying to achieve. So I always say when you find yourself complaining or you find yourself frustrated, whether it's with your team, yourself, your day, your client, whomever, 
what's your role in this mess? And what system or boundary could have been in place or communicated ahead of time to prevent it? Yeah, fair enough. And are there any like particularly, you know, sort of early on, do you think there are any like good first steps uh, that you find make a big difference to people when they're in that situation of overwhelm? Any any particular first actions that you tend to Well, when clients first join, let's say my mastermind in January, the very first thing we do is a strategic planning sessions, two day strategic planning session. Uh, I used to do it down in Florida, which was three days long, but then there was time for beach, of course. So, <laughs> so what we look at is what worked, what happened last year, what worked and what didn't and why. So it's not just what the wins and the challenges, it's what's, what are the habits and behaviors that led to those wins and those challenges. And then we determine we do a little assessment of our own strengths and weaknesses and external opportunities and threats. So that SWOT analysis, we look at trends, what's happening in the world. So this is about looking up again from your desk and seeing what's happening and then determining market need and what you can offer to that market and how you should position yourself. So what needs, then you create all of your actions based on the strategic planning that you've done. It's kind of a, looking at the past, but then looking at the future, as well as what's happening right now. So what needs to happen in order to achieve that future goal? Yeah. So quite a sort of holistic approach to, to looking at things, both the past, present and future. I like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I know you've got a couple of, of resources uh, that you have available for people to, uh, to download. Can you tell us a little bit about, um, I think you've got a couple of freebies Sure. Freebies are good. Uh, <laughs> I had somebody just take my quiz recently. Um, it's an assessment. We call it a quiz. I don't know. It's really an assessment to kind of see where you're struggling the most, because that's kind of a good place to start. Is it that you have mindset issues or is it um, lack of systems or is it uh marketing problems? Like where, where are you struggling? So then we can kind of start there. Like, where's the biggest gap? I also offer anybody that takes that quiz then also gets an offer for another freebie, which is a goal setting toolkit, which helps you take pick that one goal and reverse engineer it down to that one thing you can do next. So the idea is always to have goals. If you ever feel overwhelmed, that means that your goal is too big or you're not clear on where you're going. So let's say one summer I had the goal of creating a new website. My overall goal for the year was to build a better online platform. One of the goals under that was to create a new website. So under that, you have milestones of branding, photography, copywriting, programming, and so on. And then under that milestone or segment or theme or focus area of photography, you would brain dump every task involved. So it would be book a hair appointment, figure out your makeup. What are you wearing? Where's location? Pick the photographer, schedule the photographer. How much time do they need to edit the photos? Like little tiny tasks. So when you look at those little tasks, you're like, I could do that. It's 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 15 minutes. <laughs> so yeah. make them super small. And then you just keep knocking them off your list. But the key is that everything on that list is moving you forward towards that goal. Nothing on there is not adding value. So the productivity tips that I always work with 
my system always starts with elimination. So what, whether you're breaking down a system or process, or you're creating the task list for a goal, whatever you're looking at, where, what could be eliminated? Like, what doesn't really matter? I bet you, if you looked at your calendar right now, there's something on there that you could just cross off. So what can you eliminate? Once you come up with everything that's left, then it's a matter of, well, who else can do it? So delegate is the next step. So one of the clients I worked with, we created this list of all the steps in her process from client intake all the way to final delivery. And it was like nine steps, perhaps. And three of them, we determined, only needed to be done by her. Everything else, the contract, the scheduling, invoicing, all that stuff could be done by an assistant. It was kind of mind-blowing. She's like, whoa, (laughs) I don't have to do these six other steps. That's incredible. So delegate. Automate. So anything that you can do, anything you do more than once, you either automate or templatize. So either a computer can do it for you, or if it's something you repeatedly do, like let's say you write a certain type of email, templatize it, and then just edit slightly to personalize it. So you sent me a podcast reminder. You're not writing that from scratch every time, and you're certainly not even hitting send. It's automated, right? The next piece would be to prioritize and then to organize. So you can't work in chaos, even your environment, whether it's organizing your digital, organizing your physical, organizing your to-do list, organizing your calendar, um, and figuring out what matters most, what comes first, whether it's where you're spending your time or which goal is most important. So some of my clients come to me and they're like, I said, which is your goal for the quarter? And they'll say, I have four. I'm like, no. <laughs> and then they try to do four and it doesn't work. And then they whittle it down the next time. But uh, yeah, so there you go. Yeah, I love, I love that. And going back to sort of that sense of overwhelm and the root cause often just being that you haven't broken it down to being the first step. And sometimes I find this myself, you know, I'd be like, I'll feel a little bit, you know, apprehension about what I'm doing. And then I just think to myself, well, have I really broken things down? I know I've got this amorphous task, but once I j- get down into the nitty gritty, I'm like, okay, no, now I know the first, the, the first step. But when you have uh, one of these two to-do lists that just goes on and on, uh, is there anything that you do to help people give themselves a sense of momentum or progression towards their goals? Because sometimes when you're going through this, you're like, oh, it's just it's never going to end. Like, what, what can people do to... Yeah, the long list of never-ending to-dos is kind of a mind screw, <laughs> for sure. I would recommend that you put prioritize and put dates on every item on there and put it on your calendar. So if something is supposed to happen in 10 days, it's on the calendar in 10 days, not on your list on your desk right now, because you can't look at 500 things and feel good about anything, right? Yeah. So (laughs) so it's about setting intentions, not just for the quarter, like what am I working on towards, but then it's what am I working on this week? So every Sunday night or Monday morning, my clients fill out a planner How do you want to show up this week? What are your priorities? How are you going to get started and move forward? And then that's posted. And at the end of the week, we look at, we do an assessment. What worked? What didn't? Where'd you get off track? What habits really like brought it for you this week? And where can you improve next week? And then in the middle of the week, it's always a, are you on track? Kind of check in, make sure you're not going off the rails. Super easy. If you're used to being reactive, you have to go flying off the rails to some shiny object that showed up in your inbox or whatever. 
So it's about staying the course. We want more impact, more income, less effort, less overwhelm. So it's one thing at a time, clear target, fast, efficient, hit it. Then they hit the next thing. So then that whole intention setting also gets broken down smaller and smaller as you get good at it. So it's every meeting, every interview, every call, you're setting your intentions for that. How do I want this interview to go? What would be an ideal outcome? How do I need to show up to make it happen? How can I prepare best for this? And then afterwards, always assess. Well, that worked here, but maybe I could have done better here. Next time you do better. We're human. We just have to keep learning and improving. But it's that way you're being super intentional and not just kind of flying by the seat of your pants and winging it. Yeah, yeah, I love that. One of the things that came to mind as well uh, earlier when you were talking about automation and delegation is um, there's an iPhone app that I have come across recently called, let me see if I can find it, Athena. Have you heard of it? Mm -mm. So what it is, is it's a really simple app, actually. You open it and it immediately starts recording audio. So you just say whatever it is you want someone else to do uh, into the app and it will transcribe that and send it off to an email address that you specify. So you could just send it off to your you know, virtual assistant immediately, or it will send it off to Slack or, or um, Asana, I think it is. So yeah, that's... Yeah, I, I agree with um, the process completely. So what which app you use, I guess, doesn't matter. It depends on how you want it to show up. So if you want it to turn into an e- your voice to turn into an email, that app sounds perfect. I do the same thing, but I use Voxer. So I'll just, because I, if I, you've put me on Asana and I have to start typing tasks, it's basically know yourself. I would just like end my life, I say, <laughs> because <laughs> I cannot do all these little tasks in Asana. I am like, let's just get it done, big picture. I like to coach in the moment. So if I think of things that need to happen, I will Voxer my assistant, hey, do this, do that, do this. And she'll put it in Asana and then do the task and it's done. Right. So it's just a voicemail, voice to voice, but yours is voice to email. It's great. It's awesome. That's great. Fantastic. Uh, finally, uh, Jamie, as, as we start wrapping up here, um, can you tell people more about, you know, where they can find out more about your work and how they can connect with you? Um, well, I have lots of content in my blog. Everything's on jamiebroderick.com. There's links to social or just Google me. Jamie Broder, you'll find me. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for your time and sharing your wisdom with us today. Uh, it's been You're great having you. Thanks for show. having me. Cheers. Thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed the show, we'd love it if you could give us a five star rating. You can do that on Spotify at the top of the show listing or on Apple Podcasts if you scroll down to the reviews and ratings section. It literally takes one minute and helps others determine the quality of the show.